So hello everybody and welcome back to Thematic Commander. This week we're going to be going over, I know, another Goloth deck, uh, but this time it's going to be Saga Tribal. So here we go. Now this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down, and I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there, I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. So yep, so that was the intro. Uh, welcome back, everybody, to Thematic Commander. This week, yep, we are going to be going over another Golos deck, but it is going to be uh, one of the decks that I'm a little bit more familiar with. This is a deck I have played multiple times. Um, but let's start off with how my week went so far, or a couple weeks, because it's been a while since I last talked to you all. Uh, I got to play one game, I think it was two weeks ago, probably now, and today is the 13th of February, 2021. 2021, baby. That was a three-hour, or no, maybe it was a four-hour game with this deck. And it went okay. Um, I didn't end up winning it, but that's all right. Uh, I did get to activate Golos multiple times, get plenty of Sagas out, so that was okay. Besides that, uh, I haven't really been able to play any games lately. I will be playing a game tomorrow with a bunch of friends. Uh, tonight is a version of a D&D game I have, which have has been going on right. The last D&D game went pretty well. Uh, I am the fighter, and we did do a small encounter with a bunch of goblins and were able to kill most of them, and bugbears, which I didn't realize were a thing. When I first thought of them, I thought of the Futurama um, cattle bugs, and I was like, oh, bugbears must be something they're riding. But nope, they are aggressive beasts, apparently. So so we dealt with those, and then we made our way to the horse town, and now we're heading our way to the f city that is covered in darkness, if anybody's familiar with the D&D lore. I'm not. Tonight, however, is going to be a different D&D game. Uh, no, not a D&D game. I don't remember what the system is, but my friend is putting on, it's like an X-Files slash Monster of the Week game where uh, you use D6s a lot. But anyways, I was able to, a little bit about other things I've done in Magic. Uh, so I got my boxes. Um, you can see what I opened on Twitter, I believe. I posted a picture of all my big opens. And then I did get all the singles I wanted to buy. So now I'm building a Rakdos Group Slug deck. I'm building my Blue Black Mill and then reanimate spells and creatures from my opponent's decks uh and then i am also building i believe i'm gonna build the gruel the new gruel commander the troll that taps but i want to get as many un i'm getting as many untap effects in it and also um probably going to fill it with a few fogs because if you can activate it on your opponent's turn and then like in response to a combat and then fog but also big spells so We'll see how it goes. Uh, and then I picked up all my singles from the new Kaldheim set because Kaldheim finally dropped. And that's actually another reason uh, I'm doing the Golos Sagas deck because the uh, new Sagas actually gave a lot to the deck and actually was able, or, and was able to take out a lot of the other not-so-good Sagas. Um, but for the most part, we will get to see that in the deck tech. And then I picked up all the alternate art gods, which are things I really wanted to get to be able to play. So we'll see how that goes. And, and then I actually will have, I believe, every god in the in Magic, and I think most of the alternate arts. Oh, no. So I would have to get the Amonkent, Amonkhet, quote-unquote, alternate arts there, which I think I might try to get at some point just to finish off the set, but we'll see. Uh, besides that, reserve list cards are going insane. That's just the way that is. 
Um, I'm trying to sell a few reserve list cards. If you want to go to a TCG player account, you can go to uh, Wolfie MTG. I have a TCG player account if you want to buy from there. I don't have a whole lot up. Uh, I do have to work on that, but we'll see. All right, with that, let's get on to the a uh, little bit about the deck and a little bit about Golos. Story time. The ladies congregate here every day to scope out the hot dudes. <laughs> yeah, we do. Story time. So a little bit about... Doo -doo -doo. We're going to get there eventually. We're looking up some of it right now. I think I've done the lore on Golos before. But I'll just see if I can pick up any more. So it was a little bit hard for me to find any lore on Golos. Um, I'm not completely sure. I know that they were trying to develop him um, kind of going off of Solemn Simulacrum and its popularity in EDH at the time. Uh, but for the most part, I can't really think of anything. Uh, a little bit of story behind this deck is I decided to start making this probably back uh, during Theros, not the original Theros, but the most recent Theros, uh, when I heard on the Command Zone them talking about if anybody, that there was probably not enough sagas that are good enough for EDH, and that they said if people wanted to send them a list and have it built like that and see how it works, um, to send them a list. I did. Obviously, you know, they probably get hundreds of messages. They didn't respond to me. But I decided to keep the deck and to actually build it and see how well it works. It's actually worked very well over the year, over the past year that I've played it. Uh, what we're trying to do a lot with the deck is we're trying to get a saga out and then keep flickering between um, the first effect or the second effect or whatever effect we want to stay on. Obviously, we're not going to be as well equipped to flicker between the last effect, um, but you'll find out that there's a lot of really good effects in the one and two range. For the most part, the deck is a, an enchantress deck. Uh, we do have a lot of ways to ramp that are enchant enchantress effects. Uh, and we also have a lot of ways to reoccur enchantments, as well as just being able to activate Golos. I do find a lot of the time that Golos is all I'm really doing. That's why I would like to find a different commander that kind of fits a little bit better uh, for the theme. But Golos is a tireless pilgrim, is constantly searching, and is always looking for that good story, uh, which is another reason I would always want to add Tamiyo, but I don't because she doesn't do a whole lot in the deck besides reanimate. But I do find myself activating Golos a heck of a lot during the game. With that, that's all I really have for story. Um, just to let you know, Sagas first started in Dominaria. It was a way for them to kind of tell the stories that have happened in Dominaria and all these big events that happened over multiple, multiple years. So with that, let's head on to the next section, which is the deck tech. And also the um, deck tech and how the deck plays and also the roles of the deck. Uh, we'll get to it. All right, here we go. You remind me of a girl I once knew. God, by now she's well in middle age. Probably 41, 42. Huh, thank you? What? Oh my god, no, no, no. All right, so here we are. Um, the deck tech. So let's start with Golos. So Golos, as most people know, is five mana, legendary creature, artifact, scout. Uh, came from M20. M20. It's a 3-5. When it enters the battlefield, you can search your library for a land, put it onto the battlefield tap, then shuffle your library. Uh, and then it has an activated ability of two and one of every color. 
Exile the top three cards of your library. You may play them this turn without paying their mana cost. So now general restrictions go with this. If it's a sorcerer, you can only play it at sorcery speed. Same with creatures. Any restrictions they have, you have to follow it. Um, but it is not a tap ability. So you will be able to do Golos multiple times in a turn. And with this deck, you usually end up doing that. Uh, we have a couple sections. Uh, in each section, we'll go over... Um, just some of the things that help the deck run, as well as uh, what sagas are in there. At the moment, we are playing 21 sagas. There's a couple, uh, there's plenty of sagas I'm not playing because some of them aren't that great or really don't work with the deck uh, or are a little too feel bad, um, which we'll get into one of them in the maybe board. But let's start with one of the main themes in the deck and how the deck ends up playing is with our token build. So when it comes to the tokens, we have the Raven, the Raven's Warning, which is one of the new ones. I'll probably read the new ones and then probably leave off on some of the uh, older ones. And you can look them up on the deck list, which I'll have linked. Uh, the Raven's Warning is one white blue saga. So as how sagas work is as the saga enters the battlefield and after you draw, which is important. So it's after you draw at a lore counter, sacrifice it at the third lore. So and then. The first effect on the Raven's Warning is create a 1-1 blue bird creature token with flying. You gain two life. Uh, whenever one or more creatures you control with flying deal combat damage to a player, look at that player's hand and draw a card. And you may put a card you own from outside the game on top of your library. Um, with the card that from outside the game... It actually does come into handy, even though we're not allowed to have sideboards. There are cards in the deck that exile themselves after use. Um, things like, uh, oh, things like, sorry, like Golos. So if we exile something with Golos that we didn't really want gone, we can always just recur it uh, with the Raven's Warning and put it on top of your library. The first Aroan Games, which is depicting the semi kind of like the Olympics, uh, two and a green, create a 1-1 one, one soldier. Uh, is step one. Step two is put three plus one plus one counters on a creature you control. Step three, um, which there can be more than three steps. If you control a creature with power four or greater, you draw two cards. And then step five is create a gold token. So remember, these these are all the ones that we're going to be using uh, to hopefully flicker between the one and the two to get the creature token and then also to get uh, the second effect. Blood Sky Massacre. Now this is a new one. One black red. Create a 2-3 red demon berserker token with menace. Whenever a berserker whenever berserker attacks this turn, you draw a card and lose one life. And number three is add, add red for each berserker you control until end of turn. You don't lose this mana as phases end. The Bears of Lichara? Lichara. Uh, one, one in a Simic. Create a 2-2 shapeshifter creature creature token with changeling. Any number of target shapeshifter creatures you control become or have base power four base power and toughness four four. Choose up to one target creature or planeswalker. Each creature with power four or greater you control deal damage to its power to that permanent. Nice little removal spell. So a lot of them, so I'm saying these are the token ones, but these are just specifically the ones that create tokens. Uh, they do have, obviously, like, removal effects and everything like that. Uh, Rites of Bells and Lock. Now, this creates two zero one clerics at the first and second stage, and at the third stage, it creates a Lord of the 
Lord of the Pit? Lord of Pit? I don't remember what it is, but it's a 6-6 six, six, uh, demon with flying, and at the beginning of your upkeep, you sacrifice another creature uh, or it deals 6 damage to you, and you tap it. Which I've seen myself, that's probably one of the ones that is kind of on the cutting block, because it's not that great if I don't have any creatures and I have a 6-6 six, six out. Uh, Kiora Best the Sea God. No, this is one that I really love getting out. Really one of the better ones in the game, or in the Saga series. Five blue blue. First step, you create an 8-8 uh, Kraken token with Hexproof. Second step, you tap all non-land permanents, target opponent controls. They don't untap during their next time tap step. And then step three is you gain control of target permanent uh, and opponent controls. Untap it. History of Benalia makes a 2-2 knight uh, with Vigilance at the first and second step. And then knights you control get plus two, plus one until end of turn on the third step. Frigar's Retribution, I believe. One white, white, black. Uh, first step, you create a 4-4 four, four white angel warrior token with Flying and Vigilance. Second step is until end of turn, angels you control gain tap, destroy target creature with power less than this creature's power. And then the last step is angels you control get double strike until end of turn. And then Battle of Breton Guard, one and a Simic, or one and a Selesnia, uh, create a 1-1 one, one warrior, create a 1-1 one, one elf, and then the last one is choose any number of artifact tokens and or artifact creatures, creature tokens, nope, sorry, choose any number of artifact tokens and or creature tokens you control with different names for each of them, create a token that is a copy. Oh, okay. So it's like a giant proliferate. Proliferate of some sort. Uh, and then Archon of the Sun's Archon of Sun's Grace is two white white for a three-four Archon. Flying lifelink. Pegasus Pegasi. Pegasuses. Uh, Pegasus creatures you control have lifelink. And then uh Constellation is whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield, you create a two-two. Uh, white Pegasid token with flying. And that's all of our tokens for right now. Uh, there are a few that make tokens, but we'll go through that. So now for our for now for our removal. Okay, there we go. Uh, Waking of the Trolls. Now this was one that I didn't know exactly how it worked, but it is brand new. So four and a gruel. Destroy target land. So any problematic lands. Put target land card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. Now, that's not tapped, and that's any graveyard. And then the third effect is choose target opponent. If they control fewer lands than you, create a number of 4-4 green troll, troll warrior creature tokens with trample equal to the difference. So you want to pick the person with the least amount of lands so that you get the 4-4 creature tokens. I thought it was the other way around, that if you were down, that this would bring you up. But it's if you're ahead, it brings you further ahead. So there's always that. The tricksters, the trickster gods heist to blue-black. Uh, first step is you exchange control of two target creatures. Second step is you exchange control of two Target non-basic, non-creature permanents that share a type. Uh, so you can exchange you can exchange uh, this saga with something else if you want something better for it. Because and then the third effect is not that great. Uh, target opponent loses three life and you gain three life. So if you really want to trade this one away, it's not a big deal. With this, I did have a really crazy play in my last game where I switched out. One of my opponent's commanders gave one of my opponent's 
one of my other opponent's commanders and then gave the other one, like, some 1-1. One, one, uh, just so that when it came around to their turn and they homeward, I think it was homeward path they had, that it would come back tapped so they wouldn't be able to generate all the mana. Because it was the Simic uh, commander that you tapped to add mana equal to the number of cards you drew. That guy ended up winning anyways, but that's besides the fact. Uh, Eldest Reborn, first step, each opponent sacrifices a creature or planeswalker. Second step, each opponent discards a card. Third step, put target card creature or planeswalker card uh, from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. I think this is one of the better effects. Uh, the Akroan War, gain control of target creature for as long as you control Akroan War until end of until your next turn, creatures your opponent's Control attack each turn if able, or each that one turn. And then each tapped creature deals damage to itself equal to its power. Little mini wrath effect. Phyrexian Scriptures, another wrath effect. Uh, first step, you put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. That creature becomes an artifact in addition to its other types. Step two, destroy all non-artifact creatures. And step three, exile all cards from all opponent's graveyards. So this is a nice one where you can flicker between the first step and the second step. And just wrath the board continuously while keeping your commander plus uh, any creature tokens you create. Uh, Nature's Claim, one green instant destroy target artifact or enchantment. It's a controller, gains four life. Elspeth's Nightmare, uh, two and a black. First step, destroy target creature and opponent controls with power two or less. Not super relevant. Second step, target opponent reveals their hand. You choose a non-creature, non-land card from it. That player discards that. That actually happens quite a bit, uh, which is kind of relevant uh sometimes you can hit commanders with the second effect or with the first effect and then uh step three exile target opponent's graveyard so another graveyard removal effect now this is one that ends up happening quite a bit and i do cycle between the first and second one i've actually gotten in a loop where i kept doing the first and second one continuously and it was a taxing effect and a removal effect every single turn every single time my turn rolled around uh for the table and I, at some point, had to stop it because people got fed up with listening to Elspeth's story of how she conquered death. So the first step is exile target exile target permanent and opponent controls with converted mana cost three or greater. Step two, non-creature spells your opponent's cast cost two more to cast uh, until your next turn. And then minus three return target creature or planeswalker card from your graveyard uh, to the battlefield. Put a plus one plus one counter on it or a loyalty counter on it. Sounds a little familiar, this one, uh, with the Eldest Reborn, but it's not too bad. Binding of the Old Gods. Now, this is another destroy effect uh, with, like, a Vindicate. Two black-green. So, two in Golgari. First step, destroy target non-land permanent and opponent controls. Search your library. Uh, second step is search your library for a forest card. Put it into the battlefield tap and then shuffle your library. And then the third step being the least relevant uh Creatures you control gain death touch until end of turn. I mean, I guess if you want to get to it. And then our last removal spell in the form of Aura of Silence. One white, white. Artifacts and enchantments spells your opponent's control cast, cost two more to cast. Sacrifice it, destroy target artifact or enchantment. Nice taxing effect. And then it's also just a way, we have ways to reoccur enchantments. So it's just a way to have a continuous enchantment and artifact removal effect. And getting it down super early usually helps us win the game. Uh, onto our ramp effects. So we are going to be using a lot of enchantment ramp because we do play ways to untap enchantment ramp, and we'll show you. Uh, but starting with Wolf Willow Haven, one in a green, 
the if you you enchant it to a land, you add a green whenever you tap the land for mana, and then it sacrifices. Uh, you can sacrifice it for four and a green to create a two-two wolf token. Uh, wild growth, one green, enchant target land whenever it's tapped. You add one green. Weirding woods, two and a green. Whenever Enchanted Land is tapped, or when it enters the battlefield, sorry, when Weirding Wood enters the battlefield, you investigate, which means you create a clue token, which is uh, an artifact that you can pay two and sack it to draw a card. So a little bit of a draw effect. Enchanted Land has uh, add two mana to your mana pool of any one color. Uh, Utopia Sprawl, one green. Enchant Forest, so that's important. When it enters the battlefield, you choose a color, and then... Enchanted Forest can only, t- or can tap to add one extra color. Or whenever Enchanted Forest is tapped, add one extra color, just like Wild Growth. Uh, Trace of Abundance, same thing as both Wild Growth and Utopia Sprawl, except the mana cost is one red-white hybrid, so red or white, and a green. Enchanted Land is has Shroud, so it means it can't be targeted to spells or abilities. So be careful if you're planning on enchanting one land multiple times. Make sure Trace Abundance is the last one on it. And then the same thing is Wild Growth or Utopia Sprawl. Uh, Thran's Temporal Gateway, four mana, legendary artifact. Pay four, tap it. You may put a historic permanent card from your hand onto the battlefield. Uh, artifact, legend, legendary, and or saga are historic so this is nice when you get this out so that you can tap it and then if you need a saga's effect like a elspeth that conquers death or uh the acroan war at instant speed you can get that effect whereas normally you only get it at sorcery speed um and then say you just want to get that second effect going immediately uh thran temple gateway kiora as the sea god get an 8-8 and then on your turn you tap down all of that permanent, all the permanence of that one person. Soul Ring is Soul Ring. Smothering Tide is Smothering Tide. Overgrowth, two and a green. Whenever Enchanted Land is tapped for mana, its controller adds uh, two additional green. New Horizons, when it enters the battlefield, you put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. It has the same thing as Weirding Wood after that. Uh, Gift of Paradise is two and a green. When it enters the battlefield, you gain three life. Same thing as New Horizons. Forging of the Tyrite Sword. Now, I'm not playing anything for the third effect, but the first two effects, so it's one in a Boros, one in Boros, one and red white. The first and second effect are create a treasure token, which is great. So right off the bat, we it's now only a two mana enchantment, really. And then next turn it gains us another mana. But then the third effect is search your library for a card named uh Halvar, God of Battle. Or an equipment, reveal it and put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. Now, if there is an enchant or a equipment that you believe is really worth it being in this deck, maybe like Illusionist Bracers or something like that might be worth putting in the deck, let me know because I do want to try and get some more value off of this, even though we can just cycle between the first and second effect to ramp ourselves continuously. Fertile Ground, one in a green, uh, same as Wild. Or same as Wild Growth, except costs a little more. Dryad of the Elysium Grove, two and a green. Uh, you can play an additional land. It's an enchantment, which is relevant. Two and a four, or uh, two four. And you may play an additional land each turn. And all your lands tap for any colored mana. Uh, Chromatic Lantern, three mana artifact. Lands you control have tapped to add one mana of any color. And then it taps to add one mana of any color. And that's all of our ramp. We're playing about 15, and it's all within the 3 CMC range. 
mostly enchantments, so we get our draw effects off of it and some other things like that, but it's not too bad. Uh, you do find yourself very mana-hungry with Golos, so that's always good, because people are always killing it, and we also want to be able to activate it as many times as possible. Uh, onto our draw effects. So with our draw effects, we're playing um, Tuvasa the Sunlit, which is Bant, so green, white, blue for a 1-1. One, one. It gets plus 1, plus 1 for each enchantment you control, and whenever you cast your first enchantment each turn, draw a card. Uh, Mending of Dominaria, so this is 3 green, green. The first two effects are mill two cards from the top of your... or mill two cards... Then you may return a creature card from your graveyard to the battle or to your hand, which is not super relevant, but sometimes we actually get it to go off. I did get Golos back with it last time. Uh, and then the last effect is return all land cards from your graveyard to the battlefield, then shuffle your graveyard into your library. So we get to put all of the used enchantments back into our library. We get to ramp a little bit. It's not too bad. Starfield of Nyx, so four and a white. Enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may return target enchantment card from your graveyard to your live or to the battlefield. And as long as you control five or more enchantments, each other non-aura enchantment you control is a creature in addition to its other other types, and it has base power, toughness equal to its converted mana cost. So, uh, the one problem with this, the one good and bad thing about this is our sagas don't stay unless we force them to stay around, but then we also do get to recycle them with Starfield and Nyx, so it's kind of a good and bad thing. Setsantin? Setsantin? Champion. Uh, two and a green. One, three. Constellation. Whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one, plus one counter on it, and draw a card on uh, Champion. Mesa Enchantress. One, white, white. Zero, two. Whenever you cast an enchantment, draw a card. Madali's? Madali's Prophecy? Well, so, one and a blue. First effect is Scry 2. Second effect is choose a choose a card name. Whenever you cast a spell with the chosen name, the first time this turn, draw two cards. And then the last effect is look at the top card of your library. Or, look at the top card of each player's library. Knight of Narfi's Betrayal. One and Mirror. First effect, each player mills the top four cards. Then you may exile a creature or planeswalker card from each graveyard. Uh, and then the second and third effect is until end of turn, you may ca you can cast spells from among cards exiled this way. And you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast these spells. So it's a, um, it's a Gonti on an enchantment for two turns. So that's not too bad. Enchantress's Presence, two and a green. Uh, whenever you cast an enchantment, draw a card. Ha ha ha. Argothian Enchantress. One in a green. Human Druid. Zero one. Sh it has Shroud. Uh, and whenever you enchant... Whenever you cast an enchantment, you draw a card. So one of our cheaper enchantment effects. Now on to ways to manipulate the counters on our sagas. So. We have Thrall... We have Thrall Parasite, 1 black, 1-1, one, one. Extort, so you can, uh, whenever you cast a spell, you can pay either a white or a black, and each opponent loses 1 life, and you gain that much life. But, the second effect is tap, pay 2 life, remove a counter from target non-land permanent. 
Uh, so with this, you're able to bounce back to a later effect on the saga. Uh, it's really nice when you're trying to get Elspeth the Conqueror's Death to go off again, or if you're being really mean and trying to get your waking of the trolls to keep destroying lands. Uh, but then also with all of our token effects, just being able to bounce back and forth. Power Conduit, two mana artifact. Tap, remove a counter from a permanent you control. And then you have the effect, choose one, put a charge counter on target artifact. I guess you can always put it on power conduit or put a plus one plus one counter on target creature, which is most likely what we'll be doing. Mirage mirror, three mana artifact. You can pay two. Mirage mirror becomes a copy of target artifact, creature, enchantment, or land until end of turn. So this is really nice. So say you want to get the second effect on a saga or you want to get the third effect on a saga real quick. Um, Mirage mirror, one of your other sagas on on your upkeep get it to go off on the second main phase or get it to go off after your draw effect get the first effect on one and now at any point in the game uh or any any point that you want to get the second effect on a saga uh all you have to do is during your upkeep copy that saga that you want the second effect on it already has a a lore counter on it it'll tick down during the draw effect and then you'll get the second effect right off the bat of that saga that you want. So if you need it to go off twice or something like that. Or the third effect, but you'll lose um, But you'll lose Mirage Mirror, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, but you'll lose Mirage Mirror. Um, and then Mirage Mirror is also just great. If your opponent has a really good threat, you get to have it. And that's how Mirage Mirror works. Hex Parasite, one mana, artifact creature, insect, uh, X and Phyrexian Black. Remove, which means you can either play a black or two man or two life. Uh, remove up to X counters from target permanent. For each counter removed this way, Hex Parasite gets plus one plus O until end of turn, and it's a one one. Like I said, but another way that we can keep bouncing between one and two. Pharopede, three mana, one one artifact creature insect. It is unblockable. And whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you may remove a counter from target permanent. So that's any permanent. Uh, for the most part, we're doing it to our sagas, but you can remove uh, loyalty counters or whatever you'd like to like that. And now ticking up, one, some of the ways to tick up would be Contagion Clasp, two mana artifact. When it enters the battlefield, put a plus one or put a minus one, minus one counter on target creature and then pay four tap proliferate, which is you may choose any number of permanents and and or players and then you can add a counter uh for each counter they have on there or you can add one more counter for any counter that they have uh clock spinning one blue buyback for three choose a counter on target permanent or suspend card remove that counter from that permanent or card or put another counter on that. So you can keep bouncing your sagas however you want to. You could with this and eight mana. With this and eight mana, you could um, reset a saga completely if you'd like to. If it's on its second second trip. Chassis Heart of the Ocean, two blue blue four four legendary creature spirit flying at the beginning of your upkeep sacrifice. Uh, heart of the ocean unless you remove a counter from a permanent you control so now you don't have to remove a counter but you can uh, if you just want to lose the heart of the ocean because you don't want to keep bouncing between a certain effect 
Um, but it is also a 4-4 beater flyer. Brago King Eternal, 2 white blue flying. When it deals combat damage to a player, exile any number of target non-land permanents you control, then return those cards to the battlefield under your control. And he's a 2-4. So when we bounce our, or when we exile our sagas, they will flicker back in with no lore counters on them, and they will start at their first loyalty. Um, I'm just a little bit about the counters section. I'm personally not playing a whole lot of um, like Aether Snaps or ways to remove. Uh, I think there's a there's a vampire that can remove all counters and get plus one plus one counters equal to all the counters it removed. I'm not playing a lot of those effects because what I found is I end up having maybe one or two sagas out at a time, even though I'm trying to get as many as I can out. So that's why I'm not playing those. You can take this into a little more of a uh, blink target permanent if you want to. Those effects actually seem pretty good with uh, sagas, but I haven't actually gotten a lot of those effects or looked into it. But Brago King Eternal is the one I'm playing right now. That's for all the ways uh, that we have to kind of trick around our our tokens. Uh, one last one we have in the Planeswalker section a little bit here is Amanatu, the Fate Shifter. So white, blue, black, which is Esper. Uh, its first effect is plus one loyalty, draw a card, then put a card from your hand on top of your library. Minus one, exile another target permanent you own then return it to the battlefield under your control. So obviously another blink effect. And then minus six is choose right or left. All permanents uh, shift to the right or left from each of your play, each opponent and yourself. Uh, and it starts with three loyalty. All right. Uh, our last two sections here. So uh, just the, it's sorceries, but they're mostly tutors. We have search for glory, which is two and a white. Search your library for a snow permanent, which we don't, I don't know if we have any. Uh, a legendary card, or a saga. Reveal it and put it into your hand. Then shuffle your library. You gain one life for each snow mana spent to cast this. We can just play snow basics if we want to gain three life randomly. Uh, replenish. This is three and a white. Return all artifact cards from your graveyard to play. Uh, so to the battlefield. Uh, replenish. I haven't gotten to... I think I've gotten to go off once and I got like five or six... Uh, enchantments but this is a really good one uh, not quite as good is open the vault at four white white return all artifacts and enchantment cards from the graveyard to the battlefield under their owner's controls so this is this affects everybody uh symmetrically whereas replenish is only yours uh, but for the most part you usually get the better value idyllic tutor Two and a white, search your library for an enchantment, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. Enlightened Tutor, same effect, except you put it on top of your library, and it's an instant and it costs one, so it's actually a lot better. Eerie Interlude, white, white, black, 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 green, green, sorcery, return any number of permanent cards with different names from your graveyard to the battlefield. So, I mean, this is just a kind of an open the vault, but you also get to hit, like, if a land went to the graveyard, if you milled random things. Uh, and since it's different names, all of our permanents are mostly different names. So it's just all upside. Uh, Bane of Bal or no, Balaged's Recovery. Uh, two and a green. Sorcery. Return target card from your graveyard to your hand. And then it has a flip side of uh, becoming a, a tap land. 
almost there. So Planeswalkers, uh, we're playing Estrid the Mask, one green, white, blue. Uh, has the Starts with three loyalty, has the first effect of plus two, untap each enchanted permanent you control. So this is good for all of our lands. We get to untap all of our basic mana, reactivate Golos maybe twice, three times in a turn. Uh, the minus one is create a white aura enchantment token named Mask. Attach it to another permanent you control. Uh, that token has enchanted permanent and totem armor. Oh, has enchant permanent and totem armor. So I'm pretty sure once your sagas die, if they have a totem armor on them, they come back and start at one, I'm pretty sure. So that's pretty good. So we'll be able to get uh, reoccurring on a saga a couple times if we'd like to. And then the minus seven is... Put the top seven cards of your library into your graveyard. Return all non-aura enchantment cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. Then shuffle, or then do the same for aura cards. Uh, and the, and she can be your commander. But I don't believe I've ever gotten the sec the last ability to go off. Um, but it is just another replenish. And then Calamax Hand of Destiny. Two green white starts with four loyalty. Look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal an enchantment card from among them and put it into your hand. Then put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Minus three is an oblivion ring, but you just make any of your enchantments into an oblivion ring. And then minus seven, return all enchantment cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. Uh, so there you go. One notable, there's a bunch of notable lands. Most of the time we're just playing. Um, Rainbow Lands, so your City of Brass, uh, Mana Vortex, or Mana Confluence, sorry. Uh, but Hall of Heliod's Generosity, Legendary Land, taps to add one colorless, or it taps for one, or, sorry, or one white tap, put target enchantment card from your graveyard on top of your library. So a lot of the times, I end up recurring uh, that one aura, that no, or that one saga that nobody wants to keep going off, like, Elspeth that conquers death, and we keep rotating through them like that. But it's not... It's one of the better lands to search up with Golos. And then the, the one card in the maybe board... There's a bunch of cards I have in the maybe board, a bunch of sagas. Uh, but for this one, Fall of the Thrand, which I was talking about before, is five and a white. First saga... Or first step is destroy all lands, which not a lot of people love. And with my Golos effect, it's not that great because I do want to keep having Golos go off... And also, most of my ramp is enchantment-based, uh, land enchantment-based, so destroying all my lands doesn't really help. And then the next two uh, next two effects afterwards is each player returns two land cards from their graveyard to the battlefield. This was one that I did cut just for feel-bads and because it's a little hard to justify playing it when you're playing uh, enchantment ramp. Uh, for the most part, that's the deck. I will have a link to it. I'm going to finish out the mana base, uh, which is already finished in the deck, obviously, just not on Architect, but I'll have something similar for you in the show notes. So with that, on to the, uh, the next section, which is going to be, I'm going to do real quick finance. There's not a lot that's expensive, but also a message to Wizards. Why? Does this keep happening? No, please get these out of here. No. Today, July 30th, 2019. 
I'm going to begin reading every Halo novel. And then I'm going to give you a book report on all of them. So, okay, so <laughs> I love that. I loved Unraveled. Unfortunately, it is all done, but that is besides the fact. So, okay, quick on the finance section. Um, the deck comes in at probably about $400. The most expensive cards in the deck, if I'm looking, I mean, all of them are really pretty cheap. Uh, Hall of Heliod's Generosity is about $5. Oh, sorry. Duh. Uh, Replenish is at $129 because all of these crazy prices on reserved card reserve cards, but that's just the way it is. Um, obviously, you can just not run it and run other effects that are like Open the Vault or ways to get back enchantments if you'd like or ways to blink enchantments. Uh, like I said, is not one that I'm playing yet. Um, but, okay, so... This week, what do we want to write to Wizards? Um, so we're kind of in between sets. Um, things that I've been thinking about. So I did pose this question on Twitter. Well, but we probably wouldn't get a response. What would we want to see? What do we want to see Wizards doing? You know, I have a thousand of these when I'm thinking about them at work. Uh, and things I want to write to them. But now, when I'm thinking about it, it draw I draw a blank. Maybe. So we did just have a couple new secret layers drop. Um, and. Hmm. But we want it to be commander based, right? Because I would like to ask them. I'm really excited um, that we're going to have Uro printed as a promo that's cheap that I can get. Uh, so that I can play it in my giant theme deck. But they did just do basically a ban and restricted for one of the cards. Uh, and also Primeval Titan is banned, which is understandable. But then why were you printing it as a promo? So I guess that's a question we can ask Wizards. So let me write up the tweet. Mm, maybe that's not a question we should ask Wizards. Because it's not that relevant. Um Hmm. Gosh, this is a crazy one. Oh, no, no, no. I know what to write. Do you think we'll ever see another plane chase-like product that is more geared towards playing EDH? I like that question because I really love playing plane chase and I just really want to see more adoption of it uh, to add that random element to the games. Uh, if you love playing Plane Chase, if you ever want to play a game of Plane Chase online, I would love to play it. Uh, I believe I have everyone, including the promos from the set. But um, if they came out with more things like that, I would also be really into it. So if you're listening, Wizards, I'm about to tweet this out at Gavin Verhey um, and to the wider community. Just let me know, because I think that is sweet. And super flavorful and super thematic. That's the name of the that's the name of the show. Uh, anyways, all right. So that's our message to wizards, and I guess we need to go to the outro. Unless I'm missing anything, I don't think I am. Uh, and I need one last thing for the outro. What is a good story? You know what? Frick it. <laughs> 
I really want to do him again because I like it. Really as I, because if a hedgehog could commune with the dead, be resurrected, run with infinite energy, and have his gospel prophesy the future, then either Sonic is a god or could kill God, and I do not care if there is a difference! So I just really love that scene, and I couldn't think of one last story theme thing to put at the end, uh, so we did that. But anyways, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. Um, a little bit of information about things that I've been playing. I have beaten Hades, but I haven't finished uh, all of the story mode. But I did get through to I did get through to the surface. Not going to spoil the rest of it, but it is a great game. Please go and play it. It is so good. Uh, I am trying to make some proxies that are Hades themed. If I get them done, I'll post them. But I'm not so sure how I'm going to do it. But anyways. Uh, besides that, a little bit of my information. My Twitter is my Twitter is at WolfieMTG or uh, Thematic Commander. You, I think you can Twitter search that, uh, or you can email me at WolfieStar12 at gmail.com. I will check those emails periodically. But yeah, so I just wanted to say thank you. Uh, I will try and get another one out sometime soon. I am still trying to feel out if I want to have anybody else with me. Uh, I really like doing these. and I like recording them. I would love to have somebody with me. I have to figure that out though. Um, but if you have any deck ideas or anything like that, feel free to tweet at me or message me. And uh, if you want to, you can uh, rate me on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever service you use to do this, to listen to my voice. It's a weird voice, but that's okay. And keep it thematic. This is the story of a girl who cried a river and drowned the whole world. And while she looks so sad in photographs, I absolutely love her when she smiles.